Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another Sporting 160 EN podcast. This is podcast number 35. And um, yeah, good a good weekend, a bad midweek, and uh, we're about to get into it. First, let me get to the panel. We'll start off with uh, Patrick. How you doing, bro? I'm good, yeah. Um, especially after uh, an interesting performance like that. Yeah, I'm decent. Good, good to hear. And uh, Chris, how are you doing, man? Doing a lot better. Uh, today's performance uh, kind of, you know, rejuvenated. It seems like it rejuvenated the team here after the, the, the week, multiple weeks from hell. It just things seem like they're going from somehow – uh, you would think that things couldn't get worse, and then they somehow managed to get worse. So it was tough, tough week for sure. Yeah, exactly. And um, let's let's get right into the game today, uh, since it's still fresh on our minds. Um, an interesting sort of lineup. At first, we thought it'd be the same old four four three. It turns out, at least in my opinion, it looked like we we changed formation a bit, maybe to a three five two. Others sort of interpreted it a different way. Uh, Patrick, what are your thoughts on the game? What are your thoughts on, on tactical decisions made and all of that? Um, yeah, run, run through, run through your thoughts. Um, so obviously there was obviously instances where it appeared that we were playing a, 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 a five at a back, uh, sort of system, which obviously if we, if we look, if we're to look at the win backs that we got, um, I think Acuna is someone who's quite suited to that role and Rostovsky as well, who's, not the most secure defensively, but going forwards up and down the pitch um, in terms of the energy that they can provide. Um, you know, it is something that suits them quite well. And uh, defensively as well, you know, we all know of sporting struggles defensively. We tend to be quite sleepy in particular uh, at the start of games. Um, so to have that extra centre-back, which I felt uh, Borja tucked in, um, in that role, he did very well for himself. Um, it ensured that we were secure against a Braga team that, you know, outside the games against the big three, uh, tend to score uh, plenty of goals. It, it can be uh, very threatening with Paulinho and, uh, and Diego Souza. Um, but we, what, what we saw, obviously, with, with a packed defence is we, we didn't get to see uh, much of uh, Braga's uh, a striker's um, and then beyond that, obviously, we still had the three men in midfield. Um, Vendel and Bruno Fernandes were, were able to be a bit more loose and, and find the ball in between the lines. Diaby as well, playing off Dost, um, you know, he capitalised on those opportunities. Um, and as a whole, sporting as a structure, um, uh, we, we overpowered Braga's 4-4-2. Um, and obviously, I think that's I think that was very telling in the scoreline. That, that that's what got us over the line. It wasn't it wasn't an amazing performance. It was better from what we've seen against Villarreal and and, and other games uh, before that. We saw some nice combinations uh, flowing uh, throughout the game. Um, of, of course, it wasn't super dominating, um, but you know it, it, we were superior um, in pretty much every sector of the field and. Um, we got the goals uh, to back that up and get us an important victory here today. Yeah, for sure. And uh, um, Chris, what are your thoughts on the game? Yeah, definitely a uh, pleasant surprise. Um, I went into this thinking that we might uh, we might even get hammered. Um, but we, Kaiser mixed up the formation. 
Um, yeah, I agree with Pat. I think Rostovsky um, and Akinger are two players who are definitely well-suited for that wing-back position. Um, I think that uh, Borja could probably e- even play that role as well uh, going forward. Um, he's, he's pretty seems pretty good uh, going forward and crossing uh, as well. Um, so, yeah, I was very pleasantly surprised. Um, looking forward to the game on Thursday, I definitely think that that's the sort of formation that we'll have to play, um, especially since we're going there looking for goals. Um, so uh, I, I, I liked what I saw. Um, you know, Bruno Fernandes, once again, uh, fantastic. Uh, I, I don't think that there's much of a chance that he, uh, he sticks around longer than this summer. I think he's going to have some uh, – some big money offers from from the big boys. It's gonna be tough to, for us to hold on to him. But uh, you know, with with each of his performances he puts in, I hope the uh, the price tag goes up another five million. So uh, it, yeah, he's, he's been absolutely fantastic. And uh, um, you know, a special shout out to Diaby as well today, who I thought um, thought was really good. Um, yeah, and Gudeli also not not bad. Yeah, and uh, I mean, even at the end of the game, um, uh, uh, Wendell ended up. Winning the man of the match, I thought Wendell had a really good performance as well. He was he was yeah, immense yeah. in that midfield. He did really well. Um, but yeah, I, I so given my two cents as well, I agree with both of you guys. I think um, you know a much. I mean, obviously, without being said, you know, a much better performance this week than than or this weekend than than on Thursday. Um, which begs the question: where was where was this sort of attitude and performance for uh, for Villarreal? But I mean, we'll get into that later. Um, I, I really enjoyed the, the the switch of of uh, a formation. I really enjoyed the three at the back. I thought Borja was was um, played well at that position. Uh, defensively, he is pretty good as well. Uh, I mean, I did enjoy him going forward as a fullback, but um, I'm glad to see he can do his you know put in a shift defensively as well. Um, he can be our uh, our Colombian Cesar Aspilicueta, if you will. Um, you know, I, I personally, I think it was, uh, you know, I had a bit of a debate um, uh, on, on Twitter. I, I personally think it was more of a 3-5-2 that we were playing today with a Queen and Ristovsky more as wingbacks and then Diaby and, and Bazdos playing up front, um, which I, I enjoyed. Uh, I, I give Diaby a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of slack and, um, and all of that. But like you said, Chris, he, he had a really good game today. Uh, he did decent. He won us the penalty. Um you know, he, he had a few runs where uh, where where he looked threatening. Um, maybe that final product was missing, but you know, at least he looked threatening. I thought Wendell was was immense. I thought Bruno Fernandes again put the team on his back, especially early on. That's three games back to back scoring a scoring uh, from a free kick, um, which was another exceptional free uh, free kick. So um, so yeah, I mean, I nothing really to 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 talk about more than that. I mean. Um, what do you? What was? What was really? Uh, to me, I, f- I feel like Braga was really off. What do you think, Patrick? Was that down to them not being up to the races? Was that us tactically sort of shutting them out? What do you? What do you think on that aspect? Um. Well, I think they'll probably say that they, they were a bit off. Um. But you know, sometimes w- w- when you are, I think there's still some work to be done. Uh, and Sporting yeah. did that on that on their four four two. I think Sporting, uh, I think they really essentially. If, if you're playing a four four two, you've only got two central midfielders. The others stay wide. The strikers stay forward. So yeah. it's a numbers game. Uh, Sporting had they had three men on two, and 
as a lot of people say, sometimes the game's won in the engine room. Um, and um, I, I, I just saw too many times Sporting up against Braga in this game. Um, it was a battle and Sporting had the advantage because wherever you looked, it just felt like they had um, like superiority in Made terms of, of, of numbers, numbers uh, uh, on the field. We had three defenders against two strikers. We had three midfielders against two uh, centre mids. And then once we won the ball or, or managed to break through uh, Braga's structure, there, there was you know space for us to, to hit him on a counter with Diaby running at pace. Um, so, you know, Braga were a bit off and they were perhaps prepared to play a different kind of sporting, a sporting in a 4-3-3, which we've seen since Kaiser's arrived. Um uh, so okay, you could say that they were a bit surprised by that, but even then, I think I still think Sporting had to give that little bit extra, um, which uh, which in in that sense means we still had to put in a good performance, um, which we did. So it was a bit of a combination of both. I think. Hear me? <laughs> I think we've lost Danny. Up oh, is back. Hello, Danny. Danny. Seems we've lost him. Should we? Yeah, I don't know if you want to take over as host or. Sorry, sorry. Can you guys hear me now? Okay, he's back. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, just guys. in time. It's not a. Uh, it's not a Sporting One Sixty podcast. My internet doesn't fail me. Uh, <laughs> sorry, where were we? I didn't. I. Um... Yeah. So yeah, we essentially just finished saying that it was a bit of a combination of both in terms of what, um, who was who's to blame for for. Mm -hmm. for the result going the way it did. So I think Braga were a bit off, but eventually I think Sporting needed to to be smarter um, to get the result that they wanted, and, and that's what they were. Yeah, for sure. And um, so to me, in my opinion, it looked like our, our the first half, we though we looked threatening a bit, it wasn't, it wasn't enough, I think, in my opinion. Um, though we did look better, we moved the ball a lot better, we, we, we held possession 
But it was that final end product that didn't really come up until Bruno Fernandes' free kick. Um, Chris, I don't know. Do you, do you feel the same way as me? Do you, do you maybe think I'm being too harsh? What do you think? No, I think that they're both definitely, um, uh, you know, equal. Uh, I mean, Braga was uh, you know, off their game uh, today, but uh, at the same time, I mean, you could see the first, the first like five minutes of the game. Like, we came out blazing. Like uh, we were, we were running hard. We were creating chances. Like that first five minutes was more life than we showed in the entire Villarreal game. Um, I think if they played like that for 10 minutes in the Villarreal game, they would have definitely scored a goal. Because um, they almost did, and they played like complete shit. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that uh, it's, it's uh, I think that the, we're probably more responsible uh, than, than they are. But the, they, they really didn't do themselves any favors today. Right, and uh, I'm not going to lie to you guys. I don't even know if we're live. Um, I think it's, it says live at the top here. Okay, cool then. Cool. Um, oh, yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and then, uh, and then second half came. We played a lot better, um, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe let, – I guess we can go through the, the quick uh, penalty decision. Um, I think it was the correct call, but I'll ask both of you. Patrick, do you think it's, um, one, the correct call if it was a penalty? And, and if, uh, you know, if not, debate that. But, or maybe do you think it was soft? There's like um, a typical saying in, in football, as, as we all know, like in England, that wouldn't, I'm already hearing some of that from, from uh, rival fans. Um, as are uh, in England, would that penalty have been called? Or, or do you think that was maybe a bit... A bit of a soft, uh, a soft foul in the box on Braga's part. Right, it's probably if in terms of the penalties that are given, I think that's probably one that falls into the softer category. But I still think it's a penalty, be it in Portugal or in England, that that will be given and and beyond that in the Champions League and whatever the standard that we're that we're all used to watching week in week out. Um, yeah, I think that was a penalty, and it, it can definitely be given in England. I think sometimes people say, "Oh, that wouldn't be given in England." Um, but sometimes it would. There's penalties in England that aren't even penalties and they're given. So, yeah, um, that, okay, I get, I get it. Football is a lot tougher uh, in England, but even that doesn't really exist anymore. Um, I think the Premier League's become a lot more globalised um, with the players coming in and I think the referees are, are leaning uh, a little bit more to the continental way. Obviously, the, the game still has a different kind of flow in terms of the little little fouls that are done um, in the middle. But, you know, penalty is, is a serious decision and that requires um, a big judgment. And I think I could definitely see that sort of uh, penalty being given in the Premier League every every single week, for sure. So, um, it's something that I would say, yeah, clear penalty for me and um, a good start for us uh, in that second half. Yeah, for sure. And uh, uh, Chris, how about you? Thoughts on the thoughts on the penalty? Uh, I think it's definitely a penalty. Um, I think he's he's arguably getting fouled by by both of the guys. Uh, I think it was Raul Silva and Claudemir. Um, I believe. I think Claudemir was damaged. Yeah. Ended up doing the, the majority of the damage. Um, but I mean, he's they're both grabbing him by the, the shoulders, and then they they get their legs tangled up. 
and not to mention Diaby was probably fouled six times before he even got into the box on that run. Yeah. He was feasting through them. Um, so, yeah, that was a pretty sweet run and uh, definite PK. Yeah, finally showing that uh, that bit of pace that uh, Sosa Sintra promised us a few months ago. 94 pace in uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, um, okay, Bazdos goes and slots it in and then, you know, later on makes it the uh, 3 nothing. I'm not going to lie. I was a bit nervous um, for him shooting that penalty, especially given our, his, late, uh, his form lately. Um, but, I mean, it, it, I guess it gave him confidence. What do you think, Patrick? Is this... Is this the return of, of the goal-scoring Baz Doss that, we're, that we all know and love? Or um, uh, a lot of questions to be asked on him, um, given today's performance, maybe? I'll, I'll still go on much of what I said um, last week before the, the Villarreal game. Dost is, is, a, is a finisher. Um, but outside of that, he, there's not much that he will offer the team other than um, that final touch, and, and when strikers are like that, they rely heavily on um, the output of the team. So if the team isn't playing very well, and and the um, the kind of service that they give to uh, the forward line is one in which the forward line still has to do a little bit more. So perhaps running onto a ball or fashioning a chance for himself, Dost isn't going to do that. Dost is a finisher. He's a player. It's no coincidence that. You know, much of his goals that he scores are with his first touch, like it's straight off. Um, so he's someone that you have to sort of realise. Oh, he's a he's a lanky striker with little pace. We have to put it on the plate for him. He's a technical player and all that, but you know, you still have to feed him appropriately. And if the team isn't playing well and doesn't have the conditions to create those sorts of chances, you're not going to get a lot out of him. Um, so you know, I wouldn't attribute this bad form that apparently he he's going through. I wouldn't attribute that like solely to him. It's just the moment that the team's living. Um, today we had a better team, a better um, output, and um, and he showed up with two goals. Okay, one was a penalty, um, uh, but the other one, you know, he was there. He was ready for the situation that Bruno Fernandes um, delivered to him. He, he got to the ball um, a lot quicker than the Braga defence um, could even, you know, before the Braga defence even realised. Uh, obviously, that that they'll. Uh, be upset to have conceded a goal like that because the defence switched off completely. But, you know, a player like Dost, he's ready for those kinds of goals. And that's all dependent on how well the team's structured and how well it's feeling. Today, we felt, felt well when he scored two goals. Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And um, Chris, I, I'll ask you the same question. Chris, is this the, is this the return of, of the Baz Dost we, we know and love? Yeah, yeah, like Pat said, he, he relies heavily on uh, on the service of others, and um, you know, uh, not kind, not completely not uh, irrelevant, but um, yeah, I mean, Luis Felipe, he, he he's he's gotten some chances, not I mean, not many, uh, more than you know, say Gerald, for instance, or, or Dumbia, because he, he he's gotten you know several cameo appearances, um, you know, usually about fifteen minutes, and today I think it was about the same, uh, maybe less. Um, but I mean, I haven't been super impressed with him recently either. Um, so, I mean, I, I certainly hope, uh, Baz Dost is back, um, in his normal production capacity because we really need it. Um, Montero is now gone. So there, there really isn't a whole lot of other options. So, I mean, even if he's not in good form, we just kind of hope that he can sort of play himself out of the funk that he's in, which, uh, 
you know, I, I think two goals today will definitely give him a big boost uh, morale-wise. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I mean, more towards the end of the game, because with Sporting, it can never go just completely right. And something has to go wrong. Um, we've seen um, Wendell limping off the field and towards the end of the game, or at the end of the game, I should say, when, you know, we were uh, clapping off the fans. Um, you, you notice, you know, Wendell visibly in pain, like visibly limping. Um, how much of a miss, or, or, or if any, do you think Wendell will be for, for this midfield? Whether we keep um, three at the back or, or even go back to the four four three, Patrick, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, what, do you what do you think? Um, well, obviously, it's a big miss because as you just saw today, um, the performance that he played, I think he's a player who's um, very important for, for how sporting um, uh, uh, performed because he's, he's not only a player who's decent technically, but he takes he takes um, adequate risks in the middle of the park. He he carries the ball well, um, so when he's on his game, he he can definitely uh, share the the workloads in terms of creativity that that Burun Fernandes often carries. Um, th- there are ways that Sporting can work around it. Obviously, we've got Shiku Gerald um, on the bench. We've got Miguel Luiz. Um, Dumbia could come in and. And Gudeli could, could, could move further up the field, or we could go with if we're to, let's say if we're to stick with this uh, three at the back formation that allows Acuna and Rostovsky to to bomb up um, with, with greater security. Um, we could of course uh, keep two men in the middle of the park and, and bring in Rafinha uh, to to play off someone like Bastos alongside Diaby. So th- there are ways to work around it, in which I still think this the team can look quite good. Um, but, you know, ultimately, hopefully nothing's, uh, nothing that Vendor has picked up today is too serious. Obviously, he looked um, invisible pain. Um, but, you know, all we can hope for is that uh, he's all right. Because I think when you when you evaluate all, your, all our options, um, Vendor for sure is uh, someone who... Um, has come on leaps and bounds since, in terms of his reputation and, and, and values of the squad, he's come on leaps and bounds since Kaiser arrived. And he's someone who I think um, you definitely won't fit. So hopefully he's okay. Yeah, for sure. I agree. And um, yeah, Chris, same question. Uh, will, will he be a huge miss? Or or do you think a guy like, like you know, like like uh, Patrick mentioned, uh, Miguel Luis, Gerald? Uh, maybe even looking deeper into the academy, like Paj, or um, I mean, really, it's only Paj now that's there uh, can really step in and, and, and fill the void need be. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think he'd be a mess. He's been playing well um, recently, um, really since since Kaiser got here. He he, he got a chance, and uh, he's only had a couple performances in there that have been not so great. But uh, overall, I've been I've been happy with him, and I think that he's finally. Um, hitting some of the potential that was hoped of, that he would be able to hit, uh, you know, even last year. Um, um, so I'm happy for him. Uh, he does seem to to take a lot of knocks in midfield. That he always seems to get his legs kicked out or whatever. Yeah. More than more than the average player, I feel like for some reason they're always kicking him. Um, so I, I think he would be a miss. Um, but the you know, like you mentioned, there are some solutions. Um, you could push Gadelli up and. And put Dumbia in there. You could go Miguel Luis. Uh, you could obviously do Gerald and Fernandes, which I, I've been wanting to see personally. 
because uh, I think that'd be interesting mm-hmm. to see them play together. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure what what the severity of it is, but we do have a game in four days, so even if it's not that serious, he, he could easily just miss, you know, one game or so. Um, so I think that they might have to, to figure out a solution. Um, he he played Miguel Luis um, in the last Europa League game on last Thursday, um, and he he's played him in the Europa League uh, before. Um, so if I was you know just gonna go based off of what Kaiser's done in the past, I think he'd probably uh, stick Miguel Luis in there. Um, uh, so I mean that's that's what I probably think he would do. Um, although it would be interesting to see uh, Dumbia get the start. Uh, or um, you should always get, get the start, but I don't know if you risk it that much in a uh, a must win game on, on Thursday. Well, for, for Europa League, they're not even they're they're not they didn't make the preliminary squad. So even if he wanted to, he couldn't really call up Dumbia or oh that's or right, Zedal, so. yeah. So I mean, yeah, for for, well, it's for definitely Europa League, it's Miguel. either Petrovic. It's it's uh, Miguel Luis, Randall, mm-hmm. and, and Bruno Fernandes. Really, that's our midfield, and then maybe you can fill in a Quinya there. But um, I mean, I hope not. But but I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, and, and I guess last question I really have on this game. Uh, with again, it's a I, it's a positive one if you think about it, because for how great our performance was was uh, who's your man of the match? I mean, Wendell won it, I guess officially from the league, but quite a few players. Uh, Patrick. And the match today, um, it's tricky, you know, because obviously, as you say, Vendor was very good, um, uh, and equally, Bruno Fernandes was very good and got himself a goal and an assist. Um, but you know, I also think that Diaby was very good. I know he didn't, I know he didn't finish off yeah. um, much of what he got on the end of, but you know, it was that constant uh, popping up between the lines. Um, those sorts of situations that's that's where I think Sporting won the game um, and just like Vendel and Bruno Fernandes Diaby offered the same thing only further up the field and, and that helped tire uh, Braga out and, and psychologically affect them as well um, so I'm, I'm, I am i don't know I can't choose but I'd like to throw Diaby's name into the debate um, with this one although I know obviously Vendel and definitely Bruno Fernandes in terms of the score were more decisive, but I think Diaby obviously winning that penalty as well. Um, he he played an important part today for Sporting, um, and he's someone who gets a lot of stick uh, from from the fan base at times, especially when things go wrong, um, being an expensive signing and all that. Um, but he's actually a player who I don't feel is that bad, and probably doesn't warrant um, all the criticism that he gets. So. Um, an appreciation like this is me appreciating the RB right now for sure for sure I, I think it's well deserved I think he had a really good game today and I think I might be one of his but uh no I, I was impressed with him today to be fair uh, and Chris same question to you uh man of the match for today or honorable mention either or yeah well I think the the the, the obvious candidate uh, is Bruno Fernandes, uh, another, you know, masterful performance by him. He was, he was everywhere. Um, he's even doing, um, he's even, you know, getting back defensively, winning the ball. Um, you know, he, he's, he's everywhere. Um, so he was fantastic again. Um, but I think that the, uh, the sleeper pick, the shout that the sleeper pick, my shout out for having a very good game as well, quietly, um, was Rostovsky. I, I liked him in that wing back role. I thought he was excellent. Um, 
And uh, I, I, I kind of, I think Jesus, Jesus used him there, not quite in the wingback role, but sometimes he would have Pacini play right back and then he'd have Rostovsky play right mid. So it's a similar type role. Um, and I, I think he's suited for it. And I, I definitely think that um, he, he might, I might even be a better position than him than just regular right back because he does let us down defensively sometimes. Uh, his marking, he's not super tall, so he could, can't win as many headers like Pacini could. Um, but I thought he was excellent today. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. If I had to pick, I'd probably I'd, I'd pick Bruno Fernandes. But, um, yeah, standout performances from a lot of guys, like 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 Patrick mentioned, Diaby. Um, I, I really liked Borja as well today, especially Borja was good. at centre-back. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Wendell, Gudeli, Ristovsky, I, I liked a lot too. I thought Aquino was decent. So, um, I, I like games like today. You know, it, it's easier on the mind, you know, easier on the eyes as well. Um, especially from that negative spell that we're just about to get into, um, that, that we've been going through. It, it's nice to have a good performance like we have today. Um, all right. Unless there's anything else to say, let, let, let's move on to, um, to our Europa League defeat um, to Villarreal uh, on Thursday. I'll, I'll go through the uh, starting lineup um, because I actually completely forgot to do that for the Braga game today. But we had Salainet, uh instead of Renan. We had Marc Jacuinha. At left back, who ended up seeing a second yellow towards the end of the game. Andre Pinto at center back. Uh, Quach and Bruno Gaspar uh, filling up the rest of the defense. We had Petrovic, Miguel Luiz, and Bruno Fernandes in midfield. Rafinha and uh, Jovan Cabral on the wing with Bas Dost up front. Um, I'll, I'll go through the Villarreal 11 as well. We, they had Fernandes in net, Gonzalez, uh, Funes Mori, and, and Victor Luiz in the defense. They had um, Mario Gaspar. Uh, and Pedraza, the uh, wingbacks, Pedraza scoring their, their goal in the third minute. Um, Trigueiros, Fuego uh, in the midfield. Chukawezi, I believe that's his name. Fornalka up top. Carlos Baca, that is. Um, uh, Chris, I'll off with you this time. Uh, horrible start, conceding and just never really getting up to the races. Um, what are your thoughts on, on the Villarreal loss? Yeah, I thought it was really poor. Um, there wasn't a lot of heart shown. Um, it just it didn't look like we, we wanted it that bad. Um, and the part that, that was really frustrating for me was uh, I thought Villarreal were very, very poor as well. I didn't think that they they produced much of anything. They had the, the obviously the early goal and that kind of um, – set them up comfortably to, to just kind of sit back. Um, they had a couple of chances off the break, but they weren't really creating much. And I really thought, I mean, if we played like we played today, we would, we would have, uh, I think we would have dismantled them. Um, I, I really wasn't that impressed. Um, obviously they got a big result this weekend. Um, so we might've, uh, you know, got their confidence back for them. So now it might be interesting to see what happens on Thursday, because now we seemingly coming off a good result as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I just was you know, bitterly disappointed. Um, I think that it was the type of performance that, that gets inspired. Um, the people on Twitter were, were ruthless. It was like, it was kind of like a tipping point because um, getting knocked out of the local league would have seemingly, you know, made the season kind of, you know, it would have it would have left everything on the pass of the football game in April. Um 
you know, because we would have been out of the league. Castle Brig is over. We won that. And then this would have been our, our only other chance to, to make a run. And, and playing a, a team that we, we realistically should be beating, especially when you consider some of the other teams that we could have drawn, um, not being a seeded team. So uh, it was disappointing. Um, I think Kawats and Bruno Fernandes were, were really the only ones that that were even, you know, running. Um Rafinha was all right as well, but yeah, I mean, there wasn't too many positives to take away from this game. And it was really, really tough, tough night on Thursday. Yeah, for sure. And um, Patrick, how about you? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it was a, a flat performance, I think, from both sides. Really, um, you could really tell that that both teams were were off form and uh, perhaps had their minds elsewhere in terms of uh, 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 priorities. Obviously, sporting. Uh, rotated a bit and maybe came into this one not too sure about what they wanted to do in the Europa League with um, with the game against Braga coming up and and Villarreal the same and a big game against Sevilla uh, was on their agenda and obviously they're thinking about uh, surviving in La Liga so it was a bit of a a bit of a strange game um, and. And poor, I think, for both sets of fans to watch. Obviously, much more enjoyable for Villarreal because um, early in the first half and again, Sporting uh, find themselves in this situation time and time and again under Kaiser. Um, those first 15, 20 minutes, we really do look a bit sleepy um, defensively. Um, and we suffered from it. I think Chukwesi, uh, who's a very interesting player that Villarreal have on the wing, he, he yeah. broke away quite dangerously, uh, found the space uh, and on the right flank, half space sort of thing. Um, and then put in a decent ball. Obviously, there was a bit of a fortune uh, on Villarreal's side because I think he took like one or two deflections uh, on its way to Pedraza at the back post who, who finished quite well. But, you know, that was really all Villarreal had to offer um, as far as the game went. So, you know, there was it was a bit... Um, it was a bit of a, a difficult game to digest, um, but you know it's it's one nil. It's still it's still quite open for the second leg. Let's see let's see what the appetite it, the appetite is like um, over in Spain. Uh, uh, hopefully, I think Sporting definitely has the the potential to score uh, some important goals. Obviously, we need to win, um, but yeah, I think w- w- we can make the difference uh, um, in Spain. It will be a difficult game, though, of course. Yeah, I mean, um, like Patrick mentioned, you know, they, they're also coming off of a big win at home, 3 nothing to Sevilla. Um, I guess some can say the Braga of, of, of uh, Spain, if you will. Um, I mean, unless, well, at least Sevilla wins stuff, but um, I mean, that's not much from a Spartan fan anyways. Um, but anyways, yeah, I agree, the same sentiments. Uh, we, we weren't at the races at all. It wasn't even like Villarreal really shut us down or anything like that. Um I mean, for sure, they had some 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 chances uh, after scoring their first, uh, which that um, like like you said that um, uh, what's his name Chuwazi or whatever his name is, uh, really really you know uh, left for dead a queen on that on that left wing, um, you know with his pace and power, he's not much like uh, uh, in my opinion at least from the little I've seen of him, he's nothing you know super exceptional, but you know that he's definitely any player with pace and power. Um, will definitely threaten threaten a fullback, uh, especially like Aquinha that likes to push up. Um, I thought I thought Kowatch did a lot this game. I thought 
to, to be honest, uh, the only thing that really comes to my mind from this game is that one play where, where Kwach sort of takes it himself, goes all the way to the wing, and I don't know if it was a shot or a, or a, a cross, but he, he forces the goalie to make a save to, to get us the corner. Um, I thought he was really one of the few players really pushing us forward, him and, and, and you know, probably Bruno Fernandes, but, um, you know, even Bruno didn't have, you know, his best game uh, at a, in a Sporting shirt. Um, I, I have some questions to ask on, on, uh, on, on Kaiser's decision on the starting 11. Um, he, he decides to stick with so many players um, week in, week out against, you know, Befica, Braga, um, we even had that game against Stubal where, where he basically didn't really rotate the team. And then come, you know, Europa League, we have Andre Pinto at center back. Uh, we had, uh, I don't know if Ristovsky was, was suspended or injured. I don't know the story behind that, but, or no, he actually got subbed in. So, you know, why he started Bruno Gaspar. Um, I guess Borja had, had a little injury, so I don't mind the Queen at left back. But um, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but Andre Pinto instead of Ilotti. Petrovic instead of, you know, his, his prized possession, Gudeli, who, I mean, has deserved to be on the bench for a few weeks now. But um, against Villarreal, I, I was kind of shocked to see that. Miguel Luis coming back in the lineup after months or, or weeks, at least. Jovan Cabral coming under the wing. Um, he really switched it up. Um, Chris, I'll, I'll start with you. Is there, should we, was that the wrong 11? I guess it's easier to say in hindsight, but was that the wrong 11? Should he have gone for a more, um, for an 11 that, that would that was playing week in, week out? Or, or do you think that this rotation was necessary and the intent at least was a good decision? Chris? I think I'm muted, sorry. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Uh, yeah, the intent uh, was a uh, was a good decision. Um, I think I think this is kind of his thing is he rotates the squad in Europe for whatever reason, but doesn't really do much rotation in the league. Or so I, I don't know why he does that. It was it was yeah. the Europa League game uh, in Azerbaijan that he brought like six academy players to. Um, you know, in his defense, I, I think that that game didn't actually matter for us because we're already through. But yeah, I guess he feels the desire to rotate the team in in Europe. It's kind of frustrating, especially given the circumstances. Um, this would be the one time where it's like, all right, like let's put our best eleven out there. Um, you know, let's see what we can do in this competition. Um, and he's kind of like mixing it up, uh, you know, just for for the sake of rotation. But he hasn't really done that at any point. I mean, we could have used some rotation over the last three weeks, and there really wasn't much of it. So I don't really, I don't really understand why it just happened now. Um, you know, it, the, the they didn't play well. So I mean, I don't know if that if that would have been different if Gudeli was out there instead of Petrovic, or if Iwati was out there. I don't know if that would have really changed anything. But it, it, I definitely would have liked to see a team that had you know any desire to win. The, the team that I saw today that was hungry, uh, that was running hard. Um, that was creating chances. I mean, it was night and day comparing today's performance to, to Thursday's performance. Uh, it was pretty amazing when you think about it, uh, just three days apart, and you see two completely different teams. Um, I think that if they put in the performance that they put in on Thursday, today, uh, Kaiser might have been being, being fired you know, right now, or, that, or at least that's a conversation that's you know seriously occurring. So 
I think he, he definitely saved his job today. Um, but yeah, going back to the rotation, I, I don't really know what his plan was, why we haven't seen it earlier, and what his approach is going to be next Thursday in, you know, an actual must-win game. But, I mean, maybe he just doesn't care about this competition for whatever reason. I, I don't agree with that, but, I mean, maybe that maybe that's how he – maybe that's, you know, how he feels. I mean, he doesn't think that we have the squad to, to actually you know, challenge for the title here, so he thinks it's more important to try to keep pushing in the league. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if those are directions that are being handed down to him from the top. Uh, I'm not sure what it is, but, I mean, I, for one, would, would like to try to make a run in Europe, but – for sure. Even even if it's not, uh, I mean, it, it's definitely a, a big ask for, for Sporting to win the Europa League. But um, I, yeah, I agree with you. I, maybe it is his, he doesn't place too much value on it or something. Even some of his comments um, talking about, you know, it's not it's not mandatory for us to be in Europa or, or, or something along those lines. Yeah, um, definitely kind of shocking. Yeah, you make a great point there. Um, Patrick. Um, so we basically played against the three in the back against Villarreal, or, you know, because Villarreal played with three in the back there. Um, it seems kind of like we um, maybe mixed in a bit of, uh, of their, ta- or not tactics, but, uh, you know, we've we seen their formation and, and sort of mixed it in today um, and threw in maybe a little bit of Kaiser ball in there. Um, what do you think the best, the best, um, I guess the best decision would be for, for, for uh, this Thursday, should we stick in, put three in the back again, and 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 see if it'll result? Do you think maybe we should, we can go back, or should go back to a four three three, or or maybe even a four four two, or or something along those lines? Because we do need a goal, or possibly two, um, or three if we do concede a goal. Right? Um, what are your thoughts? How do you think uh, Kaiser should approach this this next game? Um, it's a, it's it's tricky because uh. See what I think um sporting suffers from defensively at least is um you know that presence in in the middle of the park and um I say this both um going forwards and backwards uh, if we were to compare uh Gidelli with um with William um he's obviously for starters not that midfielder who's going to pick up the ball and and comfortably turn because he's got size. Um, and then obviously the ability to pick out a pass um, a bit like a quarterback uh, would do. Uh, Goodelli isn't really that sort of player. And then defensively, I think obviously William had his um, had his weaknesses being a slow guy, a big guy, naturally. Um, but one thing he did quite well to, to compensate was his positioning. Um, and again, I don't think Goodelli really offers that. Um, I think one way Sporting can combat that would be to take Gadelli out of the equation, or you play him um, in a more more of a box to box role, like they like he was uh, more accustomed to uh, back in his Ajax days and and in China, um, and you can slot in a a, a third centre back. So you know, um, think of it as if you had a defensive midfielder who positions himself between the two centre backs. Um, you know, for security or for recycling possession, that sort of thing. I think that's certainly something Sporting could look to do is pop in a, an extra centre-back. That way you allow your full-backs, be it Acuna or, or Borja, um, to bomb up the field. So Rostovsky as well on the other side. Um, and then you've got two energetic centre-midfielders um, like Bruno Fernandes and Vendel if he's fit. 
um, to work the middle. Uh, and then it just depends who you approach Bastos with. You could have Rafinha and Jovan or Diaby. Um, but but in those players, you've got you know plenty of service. Um, uh, for Dost up front to, to to hopefully make the difference. Um, so I think for me, um, I would be inclined uh to to, to go for three at the back and take out Goodelli uh, um from the team uh, and see what we can do from from there. But you know, I know Kaiser um he definitely seems to appreciate Goodelli a lot. Yeah. And um today, in fact, defensively, I thought Goodelli was quite good today. Uh, which is unusual for for my kind of judgment of him anyway. I think, um, I'm not sure how many tackles he put in, but at one stage he, he made like seven um, recoveries, which, uh, um, you know, is a good is a good number, especially against a team like Braga, which it, then again, it did represent the, the midfield battle that was uh, sporting Braga tonight. Um, but um, in general, I feel like we lack security. Um, on the ball and and in transition, running backwards uh, with Goodelli at the base of midfield. So, I would like to see a third centre back slot in there and and um, sporting tackle things another way. Maybe Andre Pint, maybe Borja tucks in at left centre back. Who knows? Um, but that's certainly a structure I'd like to see Sporting um, explore a bit further. More so in this time that you know Sporting are. Uh, uh, struggling for confidence and, and for defensive tightness. It's something that Chelsea did um, with success under Conte. They went on to win the league. It's something yeah. that Arsenal also did um, you know, two, two, three seasons ago um, when they went on to put on a strong run at the end of the season and they even won the FA Cup um, out of it. You know, maybe maybe Kaiser can find um, that sort of security um, uh, uh, and push... Uh, uh, supporting forwards because sometimes um, you know as long as you get the structure right and the organisation it doesn't really matter whether um, this current sporting team is better or worse than it was last year as long as you've got a group of good players which they are all good players be it better or worse they are all good players and they're all working um, in unison and uh, and they're all well structured as long as you have that in place then a team can do anything so that's that's just what Sporting's got to look for, um, and perhaps the answer is in this this uh, formation that um, Kaiser put out today. I'm not sure whether it was just a a quick patch up to play Braga or, or whether it will turn into a permanent thing. But hopefully, um, we'll find out, and hopefully, it, it, it has all the answers for us going forwards. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you you actually make a great point because um, it could very well have just been three at the back to play. Or, or to combat, you know, Braga's two yeah. um, pretty good strikers, you know, in Paulinho yeah. and Diego Souza. But um, um, I'm hopeful that, or I'm hoping at least that, uh, um, you know, after today's performance, you know, Kaiser can maybe take it into consideration that maybe three in the back is the way to go. Like you mentioned, Kudeli isn't really a, a, a six. He's, he's more of a box-to-box. And uh, I, I personally agree with you, you know, um, Having that third defender there will definitely help out Kudeli like it did today. Yeah. Um, so, and yeah, then, great points. And Sorry, go ahead. There's, there's obviously that thing. I think, I don't know if any of you guys have noticed, but a lot of the times, even when we were just playing four at the back, um, you know, it, you can see the frustration in, in some of those players 
particularly Coates or, or, or Matia, where they just pick up the ball and they start running because they, they're seeing right, I've got no one to play the ball to and we're sporting, we're, we're the, the result isn't favourable, we're nil-nil or one-nil down or something. We need to try something to get the ball up the field. And you just see Coates or Matia running up the field and trying to get somewhere. Um, I reckon, obviously, with three centre-backs, um, there's a lot more security for a guy like Matia or Coates to do that or, or to even um, involve themselves a little bit more in the construction uh, as ball-playing defenders. So I think even in that aspect, I think it, it, it suits us uh, a lot more. So hopefully um, we'll be able to see some more of that under Kaiser. Hopefully that's um, a route he's, he's willing to take. Yeah, yeah, agreed. And um, uh, Chris, I, I, I'll give you the same question and I'll, I'll even throw in an extra one. Should we, well, one, should we keep the, the three in the back formation? And two, um, is Salen our, our, our Europa League keeper or, or, or do you think for this all-important game against Villarreal we should, uh, you know, put in Grenen in, in net? Yeah, uh, I mean, as far as the formation goes, um, I liked it. Um, we've been shit with the, old, with the old system for weeks now. Um, I don't think there's much to lose by trying it out um, or continuing it. Uh, it was successful today, very successful. Um, but it's very possible that uh, um, it could have just been for one game. But at the same time, pretty much his job was on the line. He knew he had to do something. So I don't think he would have he would have done that if he with his job on the line if he trusted the old system that he had that wasn't working that much. So um, I wouldn't be shocked if we see it again uh, on Thursday. Um, and then as far as the keeper goes, I, I mean, it seems like Salah is the cup keeper. Because uh, he, he played against Benfica, correct? Uh, in the cup? Uh, yeah. Renan plays in the Liga, though, um, which is interesting. So maybe Renan was Tasa the Liga and League and Salah is Europa League and Tasa. I, I don't know. But... I mean, to me, it doesn't really make much of a difference, honestly. Uh, I don't think that there's a major drop-off between uh, Salah as opposed to Renan. So, it, it, to me, it doesn't make much of a difference. Um, I mean, it, it, it is always risky, though, to play the keeper who hasn't played that much um, in big games or in the one-off game. Uh, even when it's a cup game against the third division team and it's his first time playing all season, you don't necessarily want him in there just because you don't want him to make a mistake and, you know, is it really worth it? Um, so, I mean, I do feel a, probably a little bit more secure with Renan just because he's had more game time recently. Um, but at the same time, Salah has played twice now in the past couple weeks and he really hadn't played at all in the months prior to that. So he is more, I guess, in game game shape than he has been at other points in the season, but he's obviously still not um, seeing as much match time regularly as Renan is. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens. If it's Salan in net on Thursday, uh, I think he must, he must be playing all the Europa League games regardless, and we should expect to continue to see him sh should we advance. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, 
And uh, I guess the final points um, will go a bit more to uh, just two really main um, turning points of uh, the Villarreal game. Um, first, I guess I guess we can analyze the goal a bit more. Um, Patrick, I'll throw it off to you. I mean, you know, it's without a doubt. Um, what's his name? Chuka Chukawizi, whatever. Chukawizi. Yeah. Uh, definitely, you know, left left Acuna for dead. So of course we can. You know, of course, the some of the most of the blame at least has to go to Acuna. Um, but what do you think? Also, from um, the rest of the defenders, did did they also let us down a bit? Uh, could maybe have Salan done more? Quats closed down space better, or or even Bruno Gaspar. Um, take us through that first goal. Uh, what do you what went wrong for Sporting there? Um, well, I think the main thing was simply um, you know ensuring that that you crazy didn't have the the space to really break into because he's that he's that kind of player who once he gets on the ball he's very direct and uh, and tricky and he's able to destabilize um you know many defenses he, he's done uh, he's someone I've kept my eye on um this season he's had a good breakout season for Villarreal despite their um despite their issues so he's clearly one of their danger men um so he's he's those type of Type of players you really can't give that much space because if he if he has that in front of him, much like Diaby did today uh, for Sporting, he will explode onto the scene and uh, and um, and cause damage. But I think once he's already on the ball, um, I don't think there was much uh, the defense could do. The ball that he plays in takes what uh, two or three deflections. Um, you know, it was just unlucky, really. Uh, at that stage, and obviously Pedraza comes up at the back post, it falls exactly where he wants it to be, and he, all he's got to do is um, get it on target and and find a way in. So you know, a mixture of bad fortune and and just switching off um, a little bit uh, before that to to give uh, Chukwueze the the space to run and cross. Um, so um, yeah, I think that's where the 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 fault lines lie. It's more at the beginning of where Chukwueze starts the play rather than um, his finishing move, which was the cross. I think once the once the cross comes in, I think Sporting were just unlucky not to be able to deal with it. It happens. It's a it's a standard goal. Yeah, for sure, I agree. And um, Chris, the other the other really big talking point of the game was um, Acuna's second yellow. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts on the first? The first yellow, I think, is kind of soft. I mean, it, it's really just arguing with the ref again, but uh, something that Acuna is known for. But I guess more the second one, you can make an argument it could have been a straight red. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on on Acuna sending off? Uh, I mean, it, it's just a reckless challenge, uh, especially given the circumstances. Already being on a yellow, um, you know, would miss the next leg. Um, I mean, he went in studs up. I mean, it's it's no it's no doubt a yellow card. So then, I mean, I don't think that there's enough in that because he kind of clips over the ball and then he gets the guy in the leg. Um, so I don't think it's a straight red, but I do think that it's still probably a yellow card. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, his first yellow card is pretty pretty not not a whole lot. But just classic descent. Yelling at the ref, got us. I mean, it's just stupid yellow. Um, I think Acuna and Bruno Fernandes combined have gotten more of those this season than I think I've ever seen in my entire life. 
Um, and Rostovsky got a straight red for doing that. So, I mean, I guess the refs have a low tolerance for, for sporting players uh, disagreeing with their decisions. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I, I, the funniest thing my dad mentioned, actually, I didn't even take it in. Um, he was saying that with the, we should have known that against a, a French referee, like Portuguese teams have to be like on their best behavior and, and he'd throw us a yellow for anything. And uh, <laughs> I mean, if, if you've seen some of the calls, I mean, maybe my dad, he might be a conspiracy theorist, but I mean, maybe he has a point. I mean, Villarreal were pretty, you know, tackling pretty heavy just as much as we were. And, and they wouldn't, the only yellow they really seen um, was uh, the color of their shirts. But um, yeah, with, with all that being said, um, with Noah Cunha, for sure, Noah Cunha next uh or on Thursday, I should say, against Villarreal in Spain, and uh, possibly no Wendell. Um, Patrick, score predictions. Well, what do you think the, the, the final score will be? Um, I could see this game turning out to be quite a good one, actually. Uh, yeah. I, think, I, I think both teams will probably be a bit more adventurous. And then the emotion of it being a second leg, everything being more decisive, uh, might blow up the score a bit. Um Let's be optimistic and go three two sporting. Mm, I like that. And uh, Chris, how about you? Yeah, I was thinking uh, more t- uh, two one, um, which would also uh, put us through um, on away goals uh, as three two would. Um, yeah, I, I do think that this they're going to ride the back of this performance, hopefully into Thursday. Um, you know, from what I saw from Villarreal, I mean, they they were nothing special. Uh, I wish we could have at least scored a goal. Um, 1-1 isn't a great result in the home leg, but, I mean, we, we were pissed poor and they were pissed poor. I, I don't really yeah. think they deserve to win. Um, so they, that away goal for them is, is definitely big. But, I mean, we're, we were going to have to score regardless going into this game. So it could have been worse. Yeah, yeah, and um, I'll, I'll I'll be a bit optimistic. I'll say a two nothing win. Um, you know, I guess maybe today's win it has left me a bit a bit more optimistic. But uh, I definitely need to see this the the the, um, the highlights of uh, Villarreal's game against Sevilla because uh, that can very well change everything. If if they if they played a lot better than they did Thursday, maybe I'd be a bit more worried. Um, if if they really just counter uh, counterattack the shit out of Sevilla today, uh, then maybe that changes a bit uh, of my opinion. But uh, yeah, it, it, it like Patrick said, it, it's definitely going to be a good match. Both teams are coming in um, after a, a pretty rough spell with with a bit more confidence about them. Spartan two wins um, in the league at least in a row. Uh, Villarreal now two wins back to back, not having one since December. 13th, I believe it was. Um, this can really push on their relegation battle, or hopefully for us, in our case, this uh, is uh, another poor result in their very poor season, and they can just focus on uh, the relegation scrap. Anyways, um, before we move on to Twitter questions and modalities, I just want to get your guys' quick, or, you know, quick opinions on um, some departures happening in, in, in February. Um, uh, we'll, we'll talk about three players, but uh, the first one in particular, uh, Freddie Montero going to Vancouver here in the MLS. Uh, 
Patrick, what are your thoughts? This is to me, it's it's weird. Um, us in the middle of a season selling selling a guy like Freddie. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's potentially quite weird. I, I think it's quite sad because obviously, um, if, we, if we're to remember, I know we don't want to, but if we're to remember the days of Bozado uh, and, and Sporting's team, I think, um, especially when Dost was out, um, Montero was. Um, one of the few bright sparks of, of our season, um, and he's a he's a player who obviously we have great affinity for. He's not the most consistent striker in the world, um, but on his day he's capable of producing some nice things, and um, he's that type of associative striker that, um, given Kaiser's style and and whatnot, you would have at least thought he would have had a little bit more of a chance under Kaiser, but, you know, it just turns out that out of all the managers that um, we've had over the years, that Kaiser's the one who's fancied him the least. Um, and fair enough, he, he's got he's got two strikers in Dost and um, Luis Philippe now. We can also play um, Diaby through the middle and even Rafinha at a stretch. Um, so, you know, Montero was, was essentially, uh, in Kaiser's eyes, doing very little at Sporting. So, um, with that in mind, I guess it, it does make sense for, for Montero to leave. And Montero's not a young boy anyway. Um, so I guess I guess it does make some sort of sense that if he's not getting game time uh, and he's earning quite a bit, that Sporting um, uh, should get rid of him. But obviously it's, just, it's a sad ending because we all like Freddie Montero. He's done, he's put in some big performances over the years for, for the club and uh, we would have hoped for at least a different or more dignified ending for for a player like that equally with Nani. It sort of feels like yeah. um, they've sort of um, you know been locked out uh, or just taken through the back door a bit, um, which is not. I don't know. It's just very. Um, it's not. It's not. Ro- not. It's not really romantic or, or worthy of um, the the sort of stature that they have t- for the club. So it's a bit sad, but uh, I guess in parts you do understand why he left because he he was out of favour. Yeah, fair enough. And um, Chris, same question. Yeah, uh, definitely uh, kind of weird timing. Um, I guess we're still waiting uh, on some details on Nani's uh, um, contract or if he was sold or if he rescinded as well. Um but uh, yeah, Freddie. Freddie, um, they let him go, and he went back to uh, Vancouver, where it's kind of um, he, he's a Seattle legend, but he's also a Vancouver legend. You know, Freddie's one of the all-time great MLS yeah. strikers, so it's interesting to see him go back again for you know now a third third different stint um, in the league. Um, definitely can contribute there this season. Um, yeah, I mean, it is a bit disappointing, the timing, though, why we couldn't wait until the summer. Um, the MLS season still would be only you know, a couple months in because they start in March. So in June, say, I mean, they still could have taken him. Um, you know, we don't really have any other options outside of Luis Philippe as an alternative to Baz Dost, who hasn't really caught my eye or demonstrated anything crazy Um in the past couple games that he's had cameo appearances. So it would have been maybe interesting to see if Montero had 
something different to offer as an alternative when Baz Doss comes off. Um, but we no longer have that option, obviously. So I guess our our third striker is, I mean, maybe Diaby um, in an emergency situation. Uh, but it, it is disappointing to kind of lose that that depth um, because, I mean, uh, even before we bought Felipe, the, the, the complaints were, oh, we only have, we only have two strikers, only have Dostin, yeah. that's all we have. And then we got Philippe, and then we instantly let Montero go. So we're back into the same situation again of, of only having uh, two strikers. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's the biggest frustration to me too is um, the fact that we're in February, we're, we're, okay, we're maybe not so much in the league, but at least we can still, especially after today, we, we, we're still in the fight for third place for a, for a Europa League spot. We're still in the fight in Taça Portugal, which will guarantee us into the Europa League group stages at least. We're still in the Europa League itself. Um, that, I mean, obviously unlikely, but, you know, who knows? You know, anything can happen, really. Um, so to, to, to see him gone, and then obviously we're going to talk now about Nani gone, who I thought, though maybe he might have hit a bit of a slump, he was probably our one of our better players this season that wasn't named... Bruno Fernandes or Baz Dost, I, I thought Nani played really well this season, and um, to to ship them off, both of them, like 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 Patrick said, like like you said, Chris, with, with the stature that they've given us, um, with with important goals that they scored for us and, and big performances and all of that, to to ship them off, not even at the end of the season, but in February, and not even let us give them a proper goodbye, a proper sending off, it, it, it's it's shocking. Um, Patrick, I'll ask the same question, but this time about Nani. Um, rumor is, I mean, he, he was apparently spotted yesterday in Orlando City Airport. Um, he, he's, I guess, hours away, or, or that's what they say at least, uh, of signing for, for Orlando in the MLS. Um, what are your thoughts on a guy like Nani leaving the, leaving the squad? Yeah, so from a personal uh, perspective for him, I think it's an interesting move, and I think it's certainly... The type of move that at his um, age, even back in the summer, I think it was something that uh, you know Nani should have been looking at. Um, but you know, Sporting took it upon themselves to go for for a player like that, um, who in return has done quite well. Um, but you know, he is a player who, for, if if we're to say Sporting doesn't have um, the financial capability. Um, well, if, to say if we're, if we're in the financial difficulties and a player like Nani um, is taking up his his portion of the wage bill, um, it, when you got the likes of Matheus Pereira, Rafinha, um, Jovan, uh, other youngsters in and around the squad, Acuna as well, um, you know, what we basically I think the fault here lies. Um, with the likes of Sousa Sintra and the Comissão de Gestão, uh, as they call it in Portugal. Um, they brought Nani in when perhaps financially it was a little bit irresponsible to do so. And what the sporting board now has decided to do is, before things get way worse than what they can be, um, is that they've wrapped up Nani in the, in the same... Uh, uh, in, in in the same uh, box as, as Freddie Montero, um, which of course it, it sucks a bit. I, I said in the last pod um, that 
you know, given his age, given his wages and and the players that we have in and around the squad, I think Sporting could uh, quite happily take the risk of, of moving Nani on, even if he's had a very good season. Not very good, but good season um, so far for Sporting. Well, I think Sporting could do that um, quite comfortably. Um, but, you know, given um, what Sporting's going through right now, which is a tricky time, um, I think Sporting might miss that element of leadership that Nani brings to the to the side, and um, for throughout these months, I think he's been very important. You can see he you can see the character uh, that he carries. He, he's he's really put the love of Sporting above everything else, and he he's been a true fighter for Sporting out there um, through the good and bad times uh, this season. I, it is. Just because we won against Braga or whatever, um, you know, it doesn't mean that all our problems have gone away. I f- still think Sporting need those sorts of characters to really um, drag them through this uh, tough period that we're going through. So to to lose, um, well, your chief essentially, he was your club captain. To lose Nani just like that um, is is a bit baffling to me. I've always I've always defended um, the plan that you know we carry someone like Nani um, towards the end of the season because he still has um, importance to us. Uh, I, as you saw, like Kaiser played in pretty much every single game. So it's not even comparable to a situation where uh, you've got like Freddie Montero, for example, who hasn't played since you know God knows when, since December or November or what have you. Nani was in the, in the starting 11 pretty much every single game. So it's bizarre that um, from one moment to another... Um, he goes like that, especially uh, given his importance in the dressing room. So, um, you know, I'm just I'm just confused really as to how he's left now rather than at the end of the season. I think had he left at the end of the season, it would have been a much more natural change. You know, you can expect that he's an old player. Um, he earns a lot of money. Um, he's got other projects that he could attend to. Um, but... It, in the middle of the season, the tra- the January transfer window is just shut. Sporting can't really manoeuvre around that. To see that sort of hap- sort of happen all of a sudden is uh, is a bit bizarre. But you know, um, th- th- there there are other positives that we can take from it. Perhaps we will see more of uh, Jovan and and whatnot in in the side. And um, yeah, that's all. That's all. Sporting have got to look forward to from that situation, really. Yeah. Um, I think you hit the nail on the head on that. Um, Chris, the, the last departure I'll ask you is uh, Mark Chacuino, who looked uh, all but set to leave, and, and now um, it, it looks more and more likely that he's going to stay. What are, what are your thoughts on, on Acuna staying? Good for us, bad for us, um, confusing as we did buy another left back, and now, I mean, with I know Acuna can play winger, but um, we technically have like another like three left backs of the club. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Acuna staying? Yeah, it's definitely a little bit confusing because, yeah, like you said, the purchase of Borja would have made it seem as if Acuna, or that was, that was Acuna's replacement. Um, but now it seems like that deal is dying and Acuna staying, um, likely to uh, have a pay raise as well. Um, I'm guessing in a reworked contract is what will end up happening. Um yeah, but it is it is kind of talking out of both sides of your mouth if you're saying, you know, Nani's salary is too expensive. We can't pay him, but we can afford to pass up 
you know, 20 million in a Acuna transfer and then in turn we'll raise his salary. Um, so what is it? Do we need the money uh, and we're in trouble or we, we don't need the money? I mean, not, don't get me wrong. I don't think that Nanny's $4 million contract was a, a, a bargain by any, by any sort. Um, but it is um, interesting to see that they are cutting salary there, but they're increasing it in other areas and turning down the potential um, to make a, you know 18 to 20 million on a player in a position that you theoretically spent three million buying his replacement this win- this window. So it just I, I don't even know if they know fully what what what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well said. And um, all right, we'll we'll move on to uh, Twitter questions before modalities and, and calling it an episode. Um, let me just pull that up. We actually had like 15 comments today. So uh, thank you to everybody that's been interacting with us on Twitter and all of that. Really appreciate it. Um, so the first question comes in from Casa uh, de Paiva at mpaiva7 on Twitter. Um, with Alburun Fernandes today, uh, could you see Sporting winning this match tonight given the performance of others? Should we play at? Should we play with three at the back as opposed to four? I guess we answered the, the second question. Uh, but Patrick, I'll ask you the first. Um, with Albert and Fernandes, would we have won today? And I mean, in the larger picture, as everybody's been mentioning, is Sporting Bruno Bruno Fernandes plus plus ten other men? Um, mm, you could say that about every other team, to be honest. Fair. Really, yeah. Uh, I think if we, if we're to look at it, you know, it's Benfica's Ron Felix plus ten other men, sure. uh, and at Porto, um, you know. Brahimi, Brahimi or, 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 or Herrera even at times. True. Um, I think it's 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 a team game, and I think if um, if Sporting today were to come in against Braga with Bruno Fernandes playing as well as he did, and I think Bruno Fernandes played much better games uh, before it, uh, than today. It wasn't just today that he was outstanding. I think he's been on uh, like even bigger levels before. If Sporting come into this game against Braga in one or two players. Are below par, we'll, we'll note the difference, and Sporting will probably draw or lose this game. So it, it takes a team effort. I think everyone was um, on song today. I don't think there was a bad performance in the house. Um, I think that's what's the most important thing um, for Sporting at the moment. So obviously, Bruno Fernandes is someone who, when he's on song, he's on another level. But if you take him out and perhaps throw in Miguel Luiz and Sporting are, you know, Equally singing from the same hymn sheet, um, I still think Sporting would have been able to get a result um, against Braga today because, as I said, I think as as structures um, organize. If we're to look at the organization, I think Sporting was simply superior to to what Braga presented on the night. Um, and and Bruno Fernandes, of course, he scored the free kick um, and he assisted the. Um, the, he assisted the the third goal, but we never know what like if, if, we never know what Miguel Luiz or Gerard, uh for example, could have done in in the same position. Maybe they would have scored or, or affected the game in a different way, or someone else would. You know, it's all it's all very difficult to say. Um, but for sure, I still think Sporting could have won without Bruno Fernandes today. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, Chris, next question is from Joel da Silva. At uh, Joe Leong 073 on Twitter. Um, hypothetically speaking, what would you think of uh, Augusto Inácio as our next president? Good question, to be fair. Uh, 
yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think he'd be bad. Um, you know, I, I would potentially uh, support uh, his presidency. Um, I was sad to see him go this time around. He really didn't even get a chance. He, he was just kind of swept away with the, the kind of the cleanse of all of uh, Bruno Carvalho's uh, appointees, and you know, even players kind of caught the wrong end of that. Um, so uh, I don't think that he deserved to be, even be fired. Uh, I thought he was a good hire. Um, and so, I mean, honestly, if I were him, <laughs> he's been screwed over by Sporting. Um, it shows that he he loves the club, and so I mean, that's definitely a big, a big, you know, just a minimum requirement to be able to to run in my eyes, at least. Um, you know, I'd I'd also uh, would like to see maybe another run from from Benedito again. Um, you know, you don't always win your first time, but I thought he was a strong president, um, and uh, he got a lot of votes too. He actually got more votes, um, physical votes than uh, Veranda. So I mean, it'd be interesting to hear from him again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think Anastasia would be good, and I, I would be opening to to, to supporting um, him potentially for sure. Yeah, uh, agreed. Uh, next question, I'll give it to you, Patrick. It's from uh, our boy Steph, who just couldn't make it today. Um, he asks, "Who was the worst Sporting player today?" Uh, pretty I, negative um, from Steph there. <laughs> yeah. it was the first good game we've had in weeks. I know. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean. I, I I think everyone was pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I I was never really um, it, like even a lot of it was good, and I think he's he's the biggest question mark for me uh, when I look at that sporting team. But even he was good. It's difficult to really say. Oh, this guy was was the weak link. You know, I think everyone was very, uh, you know, everyone was pretty much spot on. So um, I don't know. Uh, if, if I I'll tell you what, if I was really to choose one, I think may nah nah nah. I was gonna say dust, but even then, because um, <laughs> dust did some stuff. At, at, yeah, at, he at, did in the beginning. Uh, but then again, I, there was obviously that chance that someone played him in, and he took it on his left foot. But then it's his left foot, so yeah, um, you can't blame him too much. So I don't know. I can't answer that one. I think give it to Chris. <laughs> yeah, Chris, do you have any names or? Um, well, I guess he kind of doesn't really get a a fair a fair amount because he only played like 15 minutes. But uh, Luis Philippe, uh, kind of unfair to him uh, for not playing that much, but uh, not to really pile onto him. I already shit on him like two other times, but yeah, I mean, he he was probably the worst one today. I mean, and I mean, he wasn't even so so bad. He just wasn't, you know, pretty good because I thought everyone else was was pretty good. Yeah, fair enough. Um, next question comes in from Nunu Gabriel at Cavillians on Twitter. He asks uh, two questions. One's a really good one. I'll I'll, um, I'll give it to uh, Patrick since Chris just answered the last one. Uh, given what Bruno Fernandes has done so far this season, do you forgive him for the BS he pulled, or do you can still consider him a ratu? Ah, it's a shame Steph isn't here. I I, I think Steph would have answered that perfectly. Um, and his performances are kind of apology and payback for what he did to us. Uh, what do you think, Patrick? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've always been happy to move on. Um, and, yeah. and we know that Bruno Fernandes, we, we, we know from last season, that he, he's a hard worker. I think sometimes he probably tries too hard, um, which, you know, it, it, it messes his game a bit um, and doesn't really make the team work as, as well as we'd like. 
Um, but you know that's one thing you can't really fault him is his work ethic and he does work hard. Um, and you know, um, once we see that application and and the results with it, I think none of us can deny that he's been one of our best players this season again, uh, been one of the best in the league again. Um, so you know, we, we, as long as we see that sort of stuff. Um, we can forgive him. We won't forget, really, um, but we can forgive him. I think it's important never to forget uh, certain things that that, that people do. Um, but, um, yeah, I think we're happy to um, just look forward, really, uh, uh, look forward to, to, to his good performances and um, just not think about what happened in the summer anymore. I think that's that, that's fair. Yeah, it's old news now. Um, yeah. Next question comes in from Bruno at BrunoSKO23 on Twitter. Um, he says, guys, Bruno Fernandes having an amazing season. I expect teams to be calling Spartan this summer. Um, do you think he'll break the transfer record for Liga Naj? Uh, Chris, I'll give that one to you. I be- If I'm not mistaken, the, the transfer record was broken by Joel Mario uh, for 45 mil to enter, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong. He was... I think he was the most no, expensive Falcão. Portuguese player. Oh. oh, right, right, right. Falcounta. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, anyways, do you, how, how much did he go to Atletico for? Do you guys remember? I can look at um, it. I think it was touching the 40s. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Well, fair enough. Uh, anyways. In the region of 30 to 40 million. Yeah. Uh, anyways. 40 million? Okay. Do you think Bruno Fernandes can go for something like 50, 60 million? Uh, Chris, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I'd be disappointed if he didn't. Yeah. Um, I definitely think he is worth that. Um, uh, so, you, you know, I'd be very, very disappointed um, to see uh, to see him go for under under 40, for sure. Um, I think he easily is worth in the 60 to 70 range. Um, if we're being realistic, especially when you see uh, what what teams like the the teams that he'll likely be drawing attention from, what they spend on other players, um, and the market value just being inflated massively recently, um, uh, you know. So I, I definitely think that um, it's, it's it's also pretty funny that Joel Felix is is being rumored for hundred twenty million dollar deals, but Bruno right. is nowhere to be found in that conversation. But he's he's been one of the best midfielders in all of Europe, and he hasn't and he's proved it for more than like half a season, you know. And yeah. no one's talking about him being sold for his actual release clause in his contract, which is I think a hundred million. Um, so yeah, I mean, let's start the asking price. I think start negotiations at a hundred million, and uh, we'll work our way down. Yeah, yeah, I I'd agree with you. Sorry for cutting in there. Uh, and, and last question, uh, I'll ask both of you. It comes in from Kevin. We did have a few more questions, but one, we answered it throughout the podcast. And two, we're a little pressed for time. Um, but the last question, uh, all things consider- taken into consideration, is Kaiser the right man uh, to take Sporting forward? And that's from Kevin at Kev1NArouge6 on Twitter. Um, of course, we can't forget the criticisms we had over the last few weeks. Uh, and, and of course, everything seems better when we're when we uh, when we win a game. But uh, Patrick, I'll start off with you. Is Kaiser the right guy to take us forward? Um, I don't know whether he's the right man, but uh, what I will say is that um, in terms of his, of the ideologies that we've seen him lay out 
more so in his first seven to ten games at Sporting. I think that's certainly the right way. And whether Kaiser is the final picture or part of the final picture, um, I still see him as someone who, like for now, uh, I'm, I'm content with giving Kaiser a go. I know a lot of people were saying if he loses today, uh, that he should be sacked. I wasn't one of them. I think yeah. uh, we should really like get behind him still and, and see where he takes us um, for, for the coming uh, months and maybe even the rest of the season. And then we make our judgment because it has been a bit of a tricky and turbulent season. Um, I know we've got good players, um, but you know sometimes even with the best players, uh, if, we, if we look at Monaco right now, they've got, they're full of great players and obviously they have their injury problems as well, but look at where they are in the table. They're down the bottom. So, you know, the psychology um, does count and I'm not referring to psychology as in what happened over the summer with the, with the training academy thing. Um, It's just a general sense of belief that, you know, I'm here at sporting and sporting's not performing um, I don't believe we're going to get a, a, the result in the next game. And that's how players think sometimes. You you, you go a goal down and you, all of a sudden your shoulders drop. And I see a lot of that um, happening um, at Sporting, and not just at Sporting, at other, other clubs as well that aren't doing so well. It's something that um, is tricky to, to handle. Um, but let, 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 let's, let's see if Kaiser can... Um, get us out of it get us out of the situation today was a start with a 3-0 win against Braga and there's lots of positives to take from that victory uh, and hopefully build upon it so um, let's let's go with Kaiser for the time being yeah and uh, Chris give me your two cents yeah it's definitely tough to say Um, uh, I mean mm, he he wasn't. They were in a bit of a slump. They performed horribly midweek. Uh, they were they won. You know what? What is it? Two out of their last like six games or something like that. Um, so I mean, it has been disappointing. But at the same time, I don't really think one performance like this is enough to you know completely change the conversation. The um, it doesn't erase anything that happened, and. Uh, you know, his poor performances didn't erase the good ones he had at the beginning. So I think you have to kind of look at it all, kind of aggregate all of it. Um, so, I mean, uh, it'll be interesting to see how things continue going forward. Um, you know, even even if he turns it around this season um, and, you know, we do get third place, we do make it to the, you know, say, the quarterfinals of the Europa League, Um you know, there's still a conversation to be had at the end of the season, I think, regardless of, you know, what happens. Because I think even our best case scenarios this season aren't necessarily where we want to be anyways. Because, um, uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, I'm definitely sick of third place um, uh, or even fourth place. Um, so, you know, I, I do think that there's a decision to be made anyways. But I, I think that finishing strong will definitely help his case as opposed to kind of limping uh, towards the finish line. So uh, it, it remains to be seen, and I don't really have, um, you know, an official position as of right now. Um, I was leaning more towards, like, come on, this is bullshit. Um, yeah. But he, he did he did kind of buy himself a little bit more more time with the performance today, like like when, when they needed it most, because 10 points, if they would have lost today, they would have been done. Oh, yeah. 10 points yeah. to third is, is 
horrible. I mean, when, um, I, when I when I extend my support to Kaiser, I do mean, of course, that we like we us as fans and uh, and as um, people trying to envisage the future of the club, you know, we need to see some form of of progression. If we don't, if we're not seeing that within the next, you know, three, four, five games uh, of Kaiser's, then okay, that's when that's when you can really like ask the question. Let let's go. Let, let, let's end this now. Um, but um, I, I would say that I think we we can all say that perhaps Kaiser does have it in him because we have seen some great football under him, more so when he arrived. Um, uh, I think he has some things that he needs to figure out. Maybe other managers have caught on to his style of football a bit, so he needs to vary it um, in a different way, find a different recipe uh, to play his style. He's three at the back now. Uh, or five at the back. Um, who knows? Um, but to support Kaiser, uh, you know, is still very much reliant on us as fans seeing something and seeing Sporting beginning to go places again. So we do need to see, um, like some form of football, some form of progression in the way that Sporting are playing. Um, and that's why I say today is a start. Let's see um, where we go with the game against Villarreal in the next week um, in the league on Monday night. So, um, yeah, it's just, a, it's just just a case of time. Yeah. Yeah, well said, guys. Um, really well said. Um, and uh, now we just move on to the modalities um, as we come towards the end of the show. Um, I don't actually don't have a whole list of, of the modalidad, so I apologize to all of you guys. But um, the more important news um, was that uh, Sporting is, is guaranteed uh, first place in our European group in Hockey uh, Petinj um, as of yesterday. And then, of course, um, yesterday with uh, one big win uh, in Futsal, 6-1 win against Benfica. Um, a, a really good response to, from the Futsal team. Uh, they showed really a lot of heart. Um, so, so congratulations, boys. And then a, a tough loss against a, a really strong Braga team in the female game uh, in the Taça de Portugal, um, which now has Braga facing Benfica in the final. Um, two controversial goals on their part, for sure. Um, one clearly, off, I mean, both of them really clearly offside. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, there is no VAR in the female game. Uh, which is a shame. I think uh, the ladies deserve the lady athletes deserve just as much uh, respect as, as the men do. But um, okay, it's I guess it's the world we live in. Um, but could, sorry to cut in, but uh, go ahead. Yeah. The, the cup final last year, um, they used VAR for the first time, and Braga yeah. scored, and it was called back for offside. So it's funny, Braga seems to always score offside goals against us, no matter what. Yeah, the one time that they used VAR. Um, they were actually able to to catch it. Yeah. Uh, really, really close call. So one of them, one of the two was really close, and then the other one was. I believe the second goal, she was like the whole meter in front. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I mean, commiserations. I mean, Braga has a really good team this year. To be fair, right. they're in first in the league. Um, they they strengthened really well in the summer. So uh, I mean, credit to them, but. Um, yeah, that those decisions are, are, are unacceptable, really. Especially the sec that second goal is really bad. Um, but yeah, that, that's really all we have of, of modalities today. Uh, next podcast, we'll, we'll uh, do the the usual where we have a whole list. I just couldn't prepare it this week. 
Um, and yeah, guys, um, we already went through the uh, Villarreal predictions, so that's it. That's that's a wrap, guys. Anything you'd like? Uh, you guys have anything pressing left to say, or uh, no, no, good show, guys. Yeah, agreed. Great show. Thank you, everybody, for uh, being on the chat. Uh, it was really lively in the beginning. It sort of died off, but, uh, you know, that happens. And then, of course, on Twitter, guys, thank you very much for interacting with us. Uh, keep it up. Thank you very much. And, um, yeah, guys, uh, that's our show. Viva Sporting. <laughs>